Okay, people, it is time for another brand new episode of Echo Chamber. And as we do, people, we are going to start off with the UK box office top 10 for the weekend of the 23rd to the 25th of September. So, at number 10, still holding on after all this time, is Joseph Kaninsky's Top Gun Maverick. Aaron Kruger and Eric Warren Singer wrote the joint, and it's starring Tom Cruise, Val Kilmer, Jean-Louisa Kelly, Jennifer Connelly, John Hamm, Miles Teller, Ed Harris, Manager Kinto, Glenn Powell, Raymond Lee, Monica Barbaro, Lewis Coleman, Danny Ramirez, Jake Pickering, and Jay Ellis. At number nine, it is Bullet Train. This is from David Yetch. It's starring Brad Pitt, Sandra Bullock, Joey King. Zazie Beats, Karen Fukuhara, Aaron Taylor Johnson, got Brian Terry Henry, Emiliana, Emiliana Adams, Bad Bunny, Pusha D, Lynn Cox, right, Mazzy Oka. I still haven't got around to that one. Right, I think this is new in, right? Number eight, we got Tad, the Lost Explorer, and the Curse of the Mummy. It is a, uh, it's to be a plasticine animated, might be CG, you know, it's from Enrique Gatto. Um, it is written by Banuel Bluck and Joseph Gattel with Neil Landau doing um, English translation. Actually, I believe this was in the chart last week. You know? So, um, we've got a voice cast of Louise Posada, Michelle Jenner, Anuska Alborg, Alexandre Jimenez, Tito Valverde, Cecilia Suarez, Jose Abacho, Berta Cortez, you know what I mean? At number seven, it is DC League of Super Pets. Another big voice cast. So it is directed by Jared Stern and Sam Levin. Stern come right with John Whittington. We got Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart, Vanessa Bayer, Natasha Leon, Diego Luna, John Kransky, Mark Marin, Kate McKinnon, Keanu Reeves, Dasha Polanco. Yep, another fat cast there, people. And more animation. It's Minions to Rise of Blue as our number six joint. So this is directed by Carl Balder, Brad Abelson, and Jonathan Devau, and it is written by Matthew Boone. 
Steve Corral, Pierre Coffin, Alan Arkin, Taji P. Henson, Michelle Yu, Julie Andrews, Russell Brand, Jean-Claude Cardin, Dolph Lundgren, Danny Trey, Lucy Lawless, Rizza, Will Arnett, Steve Coogan, that's the voice cast. Oh, we're into our top and at number five is Monage Day Dreams. Um, so this is a David Bowie joint, right? It's directed and written by Brett. So, um, yes, yeah, a documentary about Bowie. Um, it's a documentary. I, there's not a whole heap of information about it, right? Uh, I mean, it just says a cinematic odyssey exploring David Bowie's creative and musical journey from visionary filmmaker Brett Mulder and sanctioned by the Bowie estate. It's then got a, um, <laughs> a warning for brief, strong sex. So I have no clue what this is, right? It's 135 minutes, people. So yeah. If you like Bowie, you might do that, right? And number four is See How They Run. This is the new film from director Tom George, written by Mark Chappell, starring Sam Rockwell, Sears Ronan, Harris Dickinson, Adrian Brody, Luke Wilson, Shirley Henderson, David Oliveo, Sam Clifford, Angus Wright, Tim Keel, Chander, yes. So we're on our top three and back in the cinema. I think it's like the 30th anniversary or something like that. Actually, it's not. That'd be crazy. I think it might be the 20th, but it's Avatar, people. <laughs> the 30th anniversary. Yeah, no. It's not that old. Okay, so James Cameron wrote and directed it, and it's starring Sam Worthington, Sigourney Weaver, Michelle Rodriguez, Zoe Salandanda, Salanda, Saldana, right? Giovanni Rubisky, Joe Moore, CCH Honda, Stephen Lang, Lars Alonso, with Scooby just James Pitt. Yeah. It feels ages since I watched that film. Huh? Uh, so at number two is the new Olivia Wilde joint written by Shane and Carrie Van Dyke and Katie Silverman. It is a don't worry darling. Okay, starring Olivia Wilde, Florence Pugh, Chris Pine, Harry Styles, Kate Berlant, Gemma Chan, Nick Kroll, Timothy Simons, Sidney Chandler, Douglas Smith, Kiki Lane, Dieter Von Teese, Azit Ali, Keely Cross, Ariel Satchel, Monroe Klein, you know, and at number one, people, ticket to paradise. Oh, oh, 
So this is directed by Ola Arker, who um, co-wrote with Daniel Hipstein. Okay, starring Caitlin Cleaver, George Clooney, uh, Julia Roberts, Billy Lord, Lucas Bravo, Maxim Butler, Vanessa Everett. So yes, there you go, people. That is our top 10. So we have three films today. It's a single episode. Another two parts. Just one. Just get one hit. We've got three very good films, people. So I think it's time to jump into those, don't you? Let's go. Okay, people. So our first film is a Shudder original. It is to the moon. Okay, people. So to the moon, right? I mean, it's not the most inventive of titles, but the film people whoo this film right it's the new joint from uh scott friend he wrote and directed the piece um it is direct it is produced by david formatin everett hendler stephanie randall Kate Smirk and Gabriel Wilson, and executive produced by Melissa Doherty and Karina Michael. Music is from Jason Martin Castillo. Cinematography is Dan Debry. Dan Formerton, he edits the film as well. Stephanie Randall, she also helps out with uh, camera work. Sound is Ellie Cohen, Heather Monetti, and Jack Sasner. With Brandon Uger, Aaron Hirschlag, and Olga Nekavia also uh, helping out our cast. Well, we have got Dennis, played by Scott, Scott Friend. His wife, Mia, is played by Madeline Morganet, Morganweck. And Dennis's brother, Roger, is played by Will Brill. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very small cast, right? I mean... The dog don't get a mention? That's rough. (laughs) So what is this film about? A weekend of healing for Dennis and Mia becomes a hallucinatory nightmare when Dennis's estranged brother arrives and begins to distort their sense of reality. Hmm. Or does he? That's the tricky thing with this. Right now, the film opens up with a tap dripping, tap dripping on an on something. Right, like I couldn't make it out. Couldn't really make it out. Now, what we do learn, 
kind of finish it starts with the end right it, it, it all plays into it and you you'll understand what the thing in the sink is right but yeah we have like that dennis and mia turn up at the cabin and there's a sense of foreboding there's a, like you know it feels like a heavy cloud over this couple there's something that has gone down, right? We hear Dennis on the phone, right? So we know, oh, there's been a situation with work. Who knows what it is? I mean, you can, you make, you definitely make assumptions, right? But you don't quite know off the gate, but yeah, there's something has happened. Something has happened. And all of a sudden, Right, Dennis is having weird nightmares and thoughts and things. But, yeah, they look out the window and there's a guy doing a weird kind of Tai Chi. Right, and we learn it is Dennis's brother. Right, it's Dennis's brother. And you're like, hmm. Okay, because again, this whole dynamic, you get the sense there's something there. And it's never really addressed. Like Dennis mentions things that happened when they were kids. But Roger never verifies those things. So you're not quite sure. You're not quite sure what the hell is going on. Right, because, you know. I think in the synopsis, right, it mentions, like, this hallucinatory nightmare. But the reason they're there, and this isn't a spoiler, but Dennis is detoxing, right? He's been, I don't know, it looks like coke, right? It looks like he's been a bit of a, you know, Charlie Ed, right? Although... Do you need do do choke with a needle? I or is that just is that I always thought heroin with the needle, right? And you just snort coke. I could be wrong. I don't know. But yeah, Dennis, oh, oh you know, Dennis has been on some shit. And it sounds like this isn't the first time that Dennis has tried to rehab. So once you learn all of this. Right, the bad dreams and the weird visions. You're not quite sure what, what's going down. You know what I mean? Not quite sure what's going down. Now, a thing that really does kind of really work so well for the film is the filters used. Right? It kind of looks like right an old 70s, 80s film. Right? But that's not in a bad way, because, I don't know, it, it feeds into this whole, what's going on, kind of narrative, right? It, it seems to blur the lines a little bit. I don't know if he had used, a, a, you know, a more modern, like, vibrant filter, if that would have given a, a different take on the film. But that's what I got from this, right? You just really kind of feel that we're in this weird state of 
is what we're seeing real or is this a fever dream right because there seems to be all of this stuff and anytime Dennis will you know say something there seems to be an answer so you are never sure what the fuck is going down right now Roger although you know very pleasant seems to be very helpful I think you do wonder right you do wonder about certain things because well why wouldn't you right and I suppose there's definitely a, a bit where he, you know gives me some tea and you're just thinking is my man gonna do a thing you know what I mean is that we gonna do a thing but we never but that's the that's the beauty of it friend really sucked you into the story with the minimal that he's offering up right he's not giving us this deep history this well this had happened and oh there had been this in the past their relationship is rocky because we don't know anything right all we're getting is what we're seeing so you do wonder right you do look at it and think hmm is there more than meets the eye here, right? Is is this a reality? Or are the things that Dennis is alluding to, Dennis is saying, is that what's real, right? Are there monks? Who the fuck knows? What is, right? What the fuck is Roger digging for? Right, boys. Now, there's a play fight scene, right? I mean, what was Homie gonna do? It was just like bizarre. I'm like, yo, you you shouldn't be holding that shit in your hand, man. That's some craziness. But again, like it's things like that that give you pause, right? It gives you because you you're not quite sure who these people are, right, you can't really put your finger on, is that their character, right, what, what really is this person, now, I think one of the big things with this film, and what we learn at the end is, is it's all, all about relationships, right, these different types of relationships, and the promises we make within those relationships, right? Because I think everyone understands. People can say things, right? People can say, I love you to the end of time. I'll do anything for you, right? People can say things, but, and a big thing I feel the pandemic kind of highlighted Will people back up these things they say, right? Will they back up these things that they say so easily? And I feel that's a big thing here. That's definitely a big thing. And you will understand once you watch the motherfucking film, people, right? Because, yeah, you're like, okay, okay. You know what I mean? Someone's legit. 
someone is legit here, people. But yeah, it's um very much enjoyed it. Very much like it is very low fi right? There's, it's not like there's a load of stuff happening, like action packed and all of this, but it's these dynamics that we're watching, right? We're watching this this thing unfold in front of our eyes, and you have to really watch all of it, right? Focus, don't because there are. I don't know if you, you would say there's tells, right? But there's these nuances that will take you down this path, right? And it's intriguing to see these character traits, right? The way these different, you know, people, Dennis, Roger, and Mia, and Pan, and can't forget old Pan, but we get to see, you know, how their story unfolds, right? And you and you wonder, you wonder, what are we watching, right? What's the what's the truth, you know? And that, oh, it's very compelling. It is very compelling because up until the end, you don't know what the fuck is going to go down, right? You do not know what the fuck is going down, and which is beautiful, which is a beautiful thing, people. So, uh, yeah, I, th I think, um, oh, what is it? Uh, oh, man, we, we checked out uh, recently, what the fuck was that film? Is uh, When I Consume You, I think, yes. If you enjoyed When I Consume You, I feel you will also like To The Moon, you know? They're not the same type of film, but it is, they're both this psychological drama. They're these films that kind of distort what you're seeing, right? Make you wonder and think, you know, look at the right hand. Ah, oh, the left hand is doing this, right? It is this misdirect. So yeah, I mean, if you like that, you'll like this. It's it's a nice story, man. Well, it's not a nice story. <laughs> it's definitely not a nice story, but it's a nice story in the fact that he's not giving you mad tales, right? He's not giving you mad tales. He's not telegraphing things. He's he's not you know giving us these necessarily these played out concepts so yes if you're looking for something intriguing people whoo then i think to the moon could very well be what you're looking for next up people is another joint from my people's signature it is when the streaming starts. Okay, people. So, when I was sent this, I didn't know what to think, right? When the screaming starts. Now, it sounded a little bit like that Bros documentary we covered what? I think that was 2019, you know what I mean? Like 
think that was 2019. It may have been 2020. It may have been 2020. Hmm. London Film Festival. Right? So, you know, I was, is it a music documentary? Like, what is this going to be? I did not think it was going to be a indie horror film about serial killers. You know what I mean? Which, hey, that completely took me by surprise. Ain't gonna lie. So, it is directed by Connor Burrow, who co-wrote with Ed Hartland. Um, the film is produced by Hartland, by Burrow, by Dom Lino and Jared Rogers. It's executive produced by Yazine Atur, Octavia Gilmore, Cave Niku. It's associate produced by Jordan Prince. And it is co-produced by Lucinda Rhodes Bakra. Music is from Michael Palmer. Adrian Musto handles the cinematography. Alan Ray edited the whole thing. Sophie Leverby did hair and makeup. Don Lino handled production management. Um, who else is there? Toby Keaton. Francis White, Paul Caton, Joshua Bosley, James Burns, Siobhan McDonnell, and Lee Nicholas Harris all uh, helped out as well. Okay? It's, um, yeah, it is definitely an interesting piece with... Um, the original music in the thing, that's a lot of fun, right? It's a lot of fun. You know what I mean? This, I ain't gonna lie, the song was a little catchy. You know what I mean? Uh, the the biopis, the bi synopsis, 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 who it's about this, <laughs> okay? Um, Aiden has a dream. That dream is bathed in blood and glory as he documents his attempt to become one of the UK's most infamous serial killers. With a documentary film crew on hand, Aidan's dream is set to become a reality as he becomes England's answer to the Mason family. Recruiting a gang of damaged souls with the same urge to kill he soon realizes that some of his blood-soaked cult members may be a little more into the murder of mayhem than he is. Who will make the headlines? Who will be forgotten? And who will be left on the chopping block when all is said and done? Ho, 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 ho! Sounds all right, right? Sounds all right. But you do wonder, how is this going to work? <laughs> you know what I mean? How is this going to work? And 
it's not necessarily explained, right? There are some things in this that you do kind of scratch your head at, right? Because, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I just realized I ain't giving you who's up in the piece. Yeah, my bad. That was a bit of a folk, wasn't it? Okay, so um, Aiden is played by co-writer Ed Hartland, right? His girlfriend, Julia, is played by Catherine Bennett-Fox. Um, we have got Jack, played by Yazin Atour. We've got the twins, Victoria and Veronica, played by Va Hulhot and Rain Ronja Hulhot. Oh, they're actually sisters. Okay. I wasn't quite sure. As I was looking at them, I was like, are they identical twins? I don't know. Are they? Or do they just look real alike? Hmm. But they are. Boom. Um, we've got Hugh, played by Phil Ross. Donald, played by John Christian Bateman. Amy. Wait. No, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Aiden's girlfriend is Amy, played by Octavia Gilmore. No, Julia is one of the cult members. Yes, that's right. God damn it, I'm a moron. Um, there's Malcolm, played by Steve Hodgetts. Claire, played by Caitlin Raynell. Um, Roger, played by J. Oliver Yip. Sophie, played by Nesba Crenshaw. Joe, Aileen Gonzalez. Sharon, Eli Louise and Monroe. Norman, Jared Rogers. Imogen, Soy C. Hong. Musad, another cult member, played by Cave Niku. Uh, we got Emma, played by Sibylla Minenberg. William Michael Schoen. Patrick, played by Patrick Marley. Sarah, Evelyn Lockley. Jeremy Elliot Thomas. Rory, Kyle Sedwick. Terry, Stuart Vincent. Luke, Daniel Collard. Elaine, Rosie Fordham. Tim Renfold Warrington, um, Mikey Rob Tofield, Kev Dwayne Lewis, Fiona Sue McLaughlin, and Mrs. Kitson, Caroline Colomi, the pianist, the poor pianist. Played by Gregory Burks, Georgina, Beth Greenwald, Mr. Kitson, Paul Benham. Oh, yeah, and the Kitsons are Julia's parents. Okay. Um, George, her brother, Gary O'Brien. And um, yeah, I'd say that that's the main. 
lot of people. Jasper, David McCaster, Henrietta, Bella Far, Emile, Ellie Debeur, Jay, Kane Kibena, and Jane uh, Estherwayne. Okay. So, yeah. Look, I really enjoyed this film. It was a lot of fucking fun. It was a lot of fun. Like, there's a bit of in it where we find out that Aiden used to be in a rock band. Well, not a rock band. My bad. He was in a death metal band. <laughs> ah, he was in a death metal band. Jeez. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. We get a music video and everything. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that was a great sequence. Um, but yeah, there, there's things that go down, right? And you wonder, wait, how would that make sense? Right, because you've got Norman, our journalist, our reporter, looking for the big scoop. Right, he wants to break in, right? He wants to make his mark. So the whole idea is to, instead of capture the aftermath of a serial killer, right? Get in on the ground floor, right? Document everything, which at no point did old Norms think, wait, that would make me an accessory. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I believe if you know someone's going to kill someone and you don't, like, report it, you're kind of attached to that thing, right? I believe that's the law. I might be wrong, but I believe that's the law. And especially if you're filming it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? Which is kind of not so. So we, we have that element of the film, which you're like, wait, what? <laughs> How is that? Then you've got, I mean, the recruitment of the family. Now, there's bits that happen in that, and I won't spoil it. There's no spoilers here, people. Don't worry. But there's questions around that, right, from what we see. So there are these things that you're like, hmm, I, does this make sense? Also, fingerprints, motherfuckers. I mean, fingerprints are all over the shop. They're insane. But, God damn it, this film has you gripped all the way through. Because, right, the big thing with this, like the story, it's fun. It's, it's goofy as fuck, but it's fun, right? And you can, you can kind of see it happening. You know what I mean? Some stupid-ass reporter being like, I want to... Mate, I want to capture this, right? And someone trying to aspire to be Brian Brant Manson. Brian? No, that doesn't sound right. Richard Manson? Doesn't... I don't know. The fucking dude that had the Manson family. You know what I mean? It was in the uh, Tarantino film. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I feel. I'm not sure I'm saying anything correct here but I feel you will know exactly what I'm talking about, okay? But, yeah, so he's aspiring to be 
that, right? So, I mean, you, you imagine there are definitely people that want to be that, right? Want to be serial killers, want to be, but are a little too afraid to actually pull the trigger, you know? So you can see it. And then, right, the cast absolutely smash it. The cast are so freaking great because you really do buy these personas. You know what I mean? Like the twins who are just a little psycho, right? You've got Julia who is, I mean, super cliche in the character design and everything, but you buy the character for who she's putting out there, right? Amy, the fucking little weirdo Amy <laughs> with her camera. Again, you see that shit, right? So it's like all these characters you buy in. And one of my favorite characters is um Jack, or should I say Dave? You know what I mean? Oh, shit. The stuff with Jack is freaking hilarious. Just, and one of the best bits, oh, people, it's his fish stool. You've got, <laughs> it's the fish stool. And when the woman comes over and says, have you got any cod? <laughs> Just, oh, shit, people, people, trust me, you need to watch it. You need to watch it. It is Oh my gosh, it is so funny. It is so funny. And but the great thing is, right? It, it's not well for me, it didn't feel like it was set to have huge laughs all the way through. But there was just these little things that would go down that would just make you chuckle. You know what I mean? Just make you grin. You know? Which I feel was perfect for this. It wasn't too over the top. I mean. Well, two of them top is a film about wannabe serial killers. You know I mean, so there is a little, but hey, I thought they 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 really they got it right. They got it right, and so yeah, that was a great thing, man. We had some really really great camera work, right? Knowing when to do the close-ups, like when to you know zoom in on a dripping knife. And just that kind of thing really handled nicely great angles you know what I mean like the music works very well and it wasn't like this is sad no it, the, the music accompanied the film right it's what you want music to do right so the production of this was really well done look there are bits right with the blood on the face does feel a little, you know what I mean? It's like those those films when people are like hacking and slashing, and then there's these, you know, very well placed drops, just you know, of no blood. There is a little bit of that. There is a little bit of that, but I was fine with letting it go because everything else worked so well. Everything else works so well. So listen, if you like 
a kind of satire type of thing, right? Oh, shit. You know, if you enjoyed Rasnest, right, we, we spoke about last week, Johannes' new joint, right? If you like that sort of thing, I feel this would work. I think it's um, maybe along the lines of something, uh, what's the Takawatiti thing? He's got that TV show. Um, is it what you die in the cradles? The people that lurk in the shadows? The thing about the vampires, right? I know my kid is, she loves that thing. Uh, I wasn't quite sure. I wasn't quite sure. Uh, you know, I probably need to give it more episodes. Anyway, you don't want to hear about that. But yes, if you jam with that, I think when the screaming starts, it's going to speak to you. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you enjoy those weird little indie horrors that really kind of go somewhere different, right? Not giving you this, this run-of-the-mill story, giving us something a little bit different with, you know, really, as I said, the camera work, fantastic. And the acting, I mean, the acting was, ah, oh, it, it really made this film. Because it looked, the story's kind of goofy. And if the acting was subpar, it is, you're not being sold. You're not going to be sold at all. I mean, the whole Richard incident, right? The whole Richard incident was great. You know what I mean? I will say, if, someone's, if something's happened to one of your hands, you've still got the other hand. You still got the other hand. I want to know why my man didn't like to swing. You'll understand once you see it. But yeah, that's the only other thing I will say. You got two motherfucking hands for a reason, son. You know what I mean? But yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, people, when the screaming starts, it is well worth the watch. And listen, when the credits start, don't run off. Because we get several little cut scenes that give us an update on certain situations. And is it the last one? I think it's the last one. I feel, yeah, I feel, Jack, uh, yeah, I feel it's the last one. But you want to watch it. You want, oh my gosh. There's, there's this, with ah oh, with the police and everything, it's just, it's jokes. It's straight jokes. Hiding in plain sight. <laughs> oh, shit. People, when the screaming starts, it is out. When's it out? It's out soon. It's out on the... It's on the 26th, Monday. It's out on Monday. So, yeah, go watch it. Go pick it up. You can grab it from all your favourite VOD spots. You know what I mean? You will not be disappointed. And, people, let's bring it home with a new joint brought to us from the great AJ Berman. It is time for Hunt Her. I got a new hookup from my girl AJ, and I thought, <laughs> for ages, I thought this film was called Hunter. 
right? I thought it was called Hunter. And so you think, okay, yeah, that I can see why it would be called that, right? When you learn the concept of the film, it wasn't for a while that I realized film is not called Hunter. It's called Hunt Her. And I was like, oh, that adds another layer to it all. <laughs> Yo, so this, it is directed by Alicia Kauser Jackson. She co-wrote it with Ivan Mabakop, right? Um, the film is then produced by Jennifer Renee. It is executive produced by Dem DeAnthony Bateman, uh, Quinn Anthony Bateman, Shana L. Brown, Matthew Helderman, uh, Luke Taylor, and Bryuna Williams, and also Mumbab Cap and Kowser Jackson. Right? It is co-produced by Hassan Johnson, April Parker-Jones, George Pierre. So, uh, yeah, they they get in on the business. Music is from Aaron Tyson. Um, Mumbaka also, wearing a few hats, he handles the cinematography. We got Rashan Thomas editing the piece. Uh, George Pierre handles casting. Um, Aaron Tyson also is art direction. Costume design is Matthew L. Garrett. Um, hair makeup is Felicia Salanes Curiel and Flavia Head. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that is probably you know, <laughs> there's too many other people to mention, to be honest, people. And our cast. Well, we have got Morgan is being played by April Parker-Jones. Her daughter, Lauren, is played by Jasmine T. Curry. We then have Charlie, her new husband, played by Hassan Johnson. Um, Charlie's friend is, or I feel like it's Gordon, right? Gordon York, played by Mum Backcott. We've got um, her ex-husband Frank, played by Rico Ball. Um, there's Art and Sherry, played by Roxanne T. Mims. Uh, there's Judge Roberts, played by Terence T.C. Carson. Uh, there's Paula, who is played by Erica Page. Um, and we also get a young, a young Paula, played by Kimberly Escobar. A young Gordon, played by Michael Brian Sanders. And a young Charlie, played by Jermaine White-Reed. 
Uh, we got Jim played by Lamar Ladd, Jacob played by Luke Lagraff, Mr. Johnson played by Dean Fabian. We got the hotel receptionist played by Rocky Shea. We have the receptionist played by Triona Moore, the bartender played by Anna Bushert. Officer Jensen is Eric Wilkerson. Lieutenant Dan Dunn, even, is John Schmidge. Uh, and Chris is Jennifer Renee. So, yeah, that's our cast, people. That's our cast. And the gist is this. Newlyweds Morgan and Charlie Westbrook set off to Birmingham to begin their life together. Morgan's preteen daughter, Lauren, takes to Charlie and the two develop a special bond. But when that bond goes beyond boundaries, residue from Charlie's past surfaces and Morgan realizes she must fight through the virtual and literal prison that her once upon a time Prince Charming has built around her. Woo! That is the film. And yeah, like we open up and we've got, yeah, Morgan and Charlie just happy, right? We see this wedding that looks kind of fly. Everything is gravy. Now, you do, there are signs, right? There are signs. Well, there's signs for sign, right? And do you, you wonder, like, infidelity, and you know what I mean? But there's signs. You pay attention. There's these long glances and all of this jazz, right? So there's all of this. Well, actually, the film actually opens up with shit from the past, right? So we've got, like, a couple, then the girl comes running out of a room, goes running out of a room. A guy's chasing her. It's like, no, stop, stop. And you're just thinking, hmm, something did not go well there. Right, that's oi, and you're hoping. I hope that didn't go too far. Hope that, like, you know what I mean. Now, obviously, there's things like, hey, even if it's a growth, it's still too far, but you're just, you know, what I mean, you don't want it to be that next thing, right? And unfortunately, yeah, that's what we get. We get then a call, and in call. I think in court, you probably realize what what has gone down, right? I, I think, I, I, yeah, I, I think you can see, you know what I mean? I think most people will look, look at what's going down and be like, oh, I feel I know what's, what's happened here, right? I know if, boy, I wouldn't want to do that, you know what I mean? And I also, I feel it says something about you for doing that, right? Because listen, there's certain things that you might help a motherfucker out with, and there's certain things that you go, nah, nah, son. And you know what? Lose my fucking number, right? So anyone that rides with that shit, ah, oh, man, nah, nah, you're suspect. You know what I mean? Well, you're not suspect, you're a piece of shit. And so we see this thing, 
right? Because we get this whole thing about, you know, oh, me and Frank, we, we were close friends for life and we would do things together and blah, blah, blah. And some people said our bond was toxic, but we're friends. So we straight away, you're just like, oh, okay. Feel this ain't gonna end well, right? But there's different kind of iterations of that that we've seen in so many different stories. You know, one goes to the dark side, one, you know, stays the path, right? And it's that friendship that's weird and tentative, you know what I mean? But, yeah, this ain't that. <laughs> this ain't that, right? So we we then see the court case. The judge is a G. Judge handles his. And then we jump to the future. Right? We jump to the future, and that's when we see Morgan and Charlie all loved up and everything gravy. And then it seems to go further. Now, like, one thing that was a little... Because you wonder how long Morgan and Charlie been together, right? How long they've been dated? Because there's one bit when, you know, she's getting her Aunt Cherry to pick Lauren up from school. And Charlie's like, I'll pick her up. Don't worry. She's like, ah, she, and he's like, yeah, I, I know you, you do. Right? But, I, look, I'm happy to do it. And you're thinking... If you're marrying someone, surely you're going to be, like, you know what I mean? You should be happy for that sort of interaction, right? But that's when things get super off, super off. And, man, like, the emotion in, in these scenes, right, it is... Oh, it's handled very well. But you, oh man, you just feel super uncomfortable. Super uncomfortable. It really channels that rawness, right? You, you, I, I don't know if, it, if it's everyone, but for me, I'm watching this and I am, ah, oh, like I'm angry. I'm feeling for these people. It is, oh. That roller coaster, you know what I mean? It, it's got you all up in your shit. And yeah, like great performances, you know, really just handle very well. And you're just wondering what's going to happen, right? What are the ramifications? Where is this going to go? And boy, we, I would say, you know, Charlie, right? Our. Oh, Hassan Johnson. I feel he channels a little Springer Bell off in this, right? That, that's kind of like, there's a vibe I was getting, a little Springer Bell off in that. And it's just, oh man, it is, oh, you just feel just so, oh, you just want to reach through that screen and just give homie a slap, you know what I mean? But, yeah, it does a really good job of, of just connecting to you with what's going down, right? Having you feel for these characters, you know? And this story just unfolds and you're just on the edge of your seat 
wondering what the fuck's going to happen. Where, where are these people going to go? You know? Now, I will say, right, there were, there were some scenes, like the stuff in the police station just seemed a little slick, right? A little too slick. And the ending, the ending got a little bit crazy, but you were down for it. You are definitely down for how this ends. Though, I will say, dudes, dudes up in this. Oh, you you must feel so, <laughs> so up in your feelings, man. <laughs> it's, it's like when you watch the UFC and someone gets kicked in the nuts and you're just like, oh, you know what I mean? You just feel it through the fucking screen. Trust me, there's going to be some similar shit going down. Right, but although it's a little, you know, like the ending's a little bit out there, you, you, you do feel there is a satisfaction attached to it. There is a satisfaction attached to it. So, I will look, I enjoyed Hunter, I, I thought it was handled really well. You know, what I mean, I thought it was handled really well. And yeah, I was gripped by the story. You know, it's not necessarily a new story. We have seen it before, but this isn't a bad rendition. It isn't a bad rendition. And yeah, the actors, yeah, did a solid, real solid job. Real solid job selling that fear that anxiety, the cockiness, just all of that, boom. So yeah, if you want a film which is gonna have you on that emotional roller coaster, people, but yeah, have you gripped all the way through, then I think you're gonna wanna check out Hunt Her. Not Hunter, Hunt Her. So yeah. In AJ, we trust, and she comes through yet again. So, people, on all your favorite VOD platforms, you'll be able to cop this, right? Information in, um, you know, on the website, as we do. So, yes, people, if this sounds like you, then, yeah, go check out Hunt Her. <laughs> Okay, people, so before we bounce, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of film, okay? So, um, yeah, Netflix has uh, got a new film coming, right, from, uh, hmm, who's the director? Huh. I do not know. Hmm. Okay. Well, I can tell you it is starring Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher, along with Jesse Williams, Tigna Toro, Zoe Chow, Steve Zahn, and Wesley Kimmel. Right? It is called Your Place or Mine. And, um, yeah, Witherspoon and Kutcher play a pair of long-distance best friends 
whose lives are changed when Witherspoon's character decides to pursue a lifelong dream and Kutcher's character volunteers to take care of her teenage son. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's dropping on the 10th of February next year, people. 2023. So, uh, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> okay, so Liz W. Garcia has a, a new project. It's called Space Adept. Um, starring is Gabriel Union, Tom Hooper, Sebastian Yatra, David Foley, and um, Emma Roberts and uh, Desi Lydic, right? Uh, so here's the joint, right? Um, Roberts is playing a Florida party girl who turns out to be the only hope for the NASA space program after a fluke puts her in training with other candidates. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it sounds goofy as a motherfucker, doesn't it? But who knows? Maybe it's going to be fly as shit. Let's see. Okay? <laughs> oh, shit. Now, funny enough, right? When we did the horror crowd, um, you know, part of that film, they kind of discussed like the Final Destination franchise. And. Um, yeah, remember they, they were hoping that it might continue, right? Well, people, it's gonna continue because they just announced Final Destination 6. That is correct, right? So, um, Zach Lipowski and Adam B. Stein will be taking the reins of this one. Um, it's going to be produced by Craig Perry, Sheila Hanahan Taylor, and um, John Watts and Diane McGangle. Mm-hmm. So supposedly, uh, John Watts he wrote a treatment like the story idea. And then they brought in Guy Buzak and Laurie Evans Taylor to uh, write the actual script. So, yeah, there you go. I don't know, man. Let's see what intriguing ideas they have for this time. And that's not the only horror coming back, right? Because. Um, Babak Anvari is taking the reins on another horror franchise. This one being Cloverfield, right? Which will make it the fourth entry. Um, yes, because we had the Cloverfield, then we had a sequel, and then there was Cloverfield Lane, right? Which I never got around to seeing, but I hope you did. Um, so yeah, so it's going to be a Paramount, uh, 
There's not really a whole heap of information to tell us, but we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be a Netflix film. We'll see what goes down. And in another franchise, right? We're getting a prequel um, to The Nun, right? Um, which is, no, well, no, The Nun, actually, The Nun's a prequel to The Country, right? Yes. Now, it's so confusing, so this shit, right? Now, so The Nun came out in 2018, and now they're doing a Woo! Okay. Oh, I think I've got that correct. Um, <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, this one is going to be set in the 50s. So, two years before the original. Um, okay, right, so if the first one was set in 1952, and this one is set in the 1950. Wouldn't this be a prequel to the sequel? Like, you know what I mean? I don't know, people. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, Akila Cooper has written the screenplay um, with help from Ian Goldberg and Richard Lang. Uh, James Wan and Peter Safran are going to be producing and uh, Kiki, no, Storm Reed even has, uh, yeah, she is going to be the lead of this one. Uh, so I believe Michael Chabs is going to be directing it and it is said to be coming on the 8th of September 2023. So, yeah, it's next year. They're going to have to start work pretty quickly, I'd imagine. You know? Okay. So, in other news, people, um, yeah, if you're a fan of musicals, then November the 11th and 18th a date you might want to add to your calendar. Yes, that is correct, because on those days, Spirited will be dropping. Yeah, Spirited, right? It's a um, modern musical rendition of A Christmas Carol, right? Um, it was written by Sean Anders and John Morris with um, Anders directing. Uh, producing the film will be Anders, Morris, Ryan Reynolds, George Dowie, um, Colin Farrell, no, Will Farrell even, um, Jessica Elbaum and David Cockbride. Right, starring in the film is 
two of those people, Ryan Reynolds and Will Farrell, along with Octavia Spencer. Okay, so um yeah, they're saying it's kind of a well obviously it's gonna be comedy and uh musical, right? Ain't most people kind of figured that out. Um oh also we're going to get Benji Hayek, Justin Paul, uh, Patrick Page, Sunta, Manny, Lauren Woods, Joe Tippett, Marlo Barkley, and Jen Torrico. So, yeah, if you like musicals, if you like Christmas Carol, then uh, that is good for you. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Oh, because there's a, it's that thin line on a musical, you know what I mean? Some are good, some are very fucking irritating. So let's take a gander on those Right, so it hits theaters on November 11th, and it will be on Disney Plus on the 18th. Okay, so let's end with this one. I'm very interested in it. So werewolf by night, right? It's a Halloween special that's coming to Disney Plus. We've just got a bit more information on it. It's gonna be 52 minutes. It's in black and white, right? Which I do like that. You know what I mean? Something a little different, you know? So I'm feeling that. Um and uh yeah they're saying it's kind of universal monsters hammer kind of tonal tonally. um and uh yeah we're gonna see not just werewolf by night but also in here. Hmm. so um yeah we've got the villain the rooster who's going to be played by Harriet Sanson Harris. Um, and it's also going to feature the Bloodstones, who are, you know, the Marvel version of the Van Helsing, essentially. So, now, if you are interested, it will be dropping on the 7th of October. So, next week. Right, so, yeah, I'm pretty jazzed. And painful. That's it. We are done for another week. So um, yeah, these films were great. Trust me. Go check them out. Enjoy your cinema watching, and we will see you soon. Peace.